Matt McInerney, New York. Andy Mangold, Baltimore, Maryland. Dan Auer, San Francisco. Hey everyone, we recorded this episode on Sunday, May 11th, and it's a little bit different than the other episodes. This is episode 64, and this week we talked about the survey. This is survey.onthegrid.co. It's a survey that we asked you to fill out, and we got quite a few responses, and we felt like we should respond to it on a show. We've done quite a few episodes, we've done this for about two years, and we've never really addressed the way we've decided to make the show, what we can do to make it better. And we've never really asked for your feedback before. So if this is the first time you're listening to the show, maybe you want to go check out maybe episode 50 or episode 21 or episode 14 to get an idea of what the show is. But if you're a fan and you appreciate the show and uh, you want to know what we're going to try to do to improve it, check it out. We're going to spend the next 45 minutes talking about how we can make this better. So thank you so much for filling out survey.onthegrid.co. And here we go. Gentlemen, how was your week? Fantastic. This was the the weekend that Angie and I celebrated being together for thirteen years. Oh my God! Whoa! Congratulations! Years. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Thursday is going to be our four year wedding anniversary. So uh, yeah, it's a really good week. That and it's Mother's Day, so lots of celebrations to be had. Lots of good, lots of good ladies in your life. Yep. I do know that both Matt and my moms listen to the show. So happy Mother's Day, moms! It's going to come out probably in a month from now, but. That's Happy not Mother's fair. Day. I put them out weekly at this point. <laughs> this this is what I did instead of calling you today, Mom. <laughs> Just kidding. I called her. I'm not an asshole. I'm not a terrible <laughs> yeah, person. That's horrible. <laughs> no, I called her. She's a very nice lady. We saw Good. the Temptations last night here in Baltimore. The Temptations and the Four Tops performed. My mom came down for that as part of her Mother's Day celebration. So that was an experience. Holy I was God. not aware the Temptations still played. I know. There is a, a single living Temptation and a single okay. living Four Top, uh, which is enough for the band to perform and do their thing. And it was it was something else. I tell you, the the single living temptation, Otis Williams, still looks and performs real good. He's seventy eight, I think, and uh, he Dang. you wouldn't guess it. He's limber. He's got a good voice. He's uh, excited. It was a pretty good show. It was a good time. Impressive. I have to say, I saw I saw James Brown right before he died, and he was oh. still full on with the dance moves. Really, hundred yeah. yeah. percent. I think I think I think he burned bright right up Holy until cow. the end, right? <laughs> pretty much, yeah. He was, I think, in his 70s, maybe 60s, but I think 70s. Yeah, 70s. That's pretty great. You know, it's basically summer now. Can we talk about that? Like, summer activities are in full swing down here in Baltimore. It was 85 and humid this weekend, so it's, it's basically the middle of summer already. We pretty much didn't have a, a spring. Uh, do you guys have fun summer activities you do every summer? R- rituals, routines, traditions? Absolutely. No, not really. What do you do, Andy? Oh, every summer we uh, will go tubing every couple weekends uh, at the local sort of uh, reservoir, like the river that comes out of a reservoir. So that's fun. Go to Gunpowder Falls and tube. Um, mm-hmm. Got a membership to a pool this summer, a very swanky pool that I'll be attending regularly to make up for my admission fees. So basic stuff, you know, water, various water activities. My personal summer activity usually involves sitting around listening to Foghat and drinking beer. So I'm going to be doing plenty of that. Well, you do not disappoint, Dan. What's Fog Never. Hat? Fog what? Hat? You don't know what Fog Hat Jesus is? Jesus Christ. Is that a genre or is that an artist? No, what that's is a that? band. That is a band. It's a band. You know, Slow Ride. You would recognize that song. Slow Ride. There you go. You know what Fog Hat is. Take it easy. Yeah, okay. I know that. I'm not even saying I'm a Fog Hat fan. I don't really care for Fog Hat, but I know what it is. Okay. Andy, I feel like you are a weird, you you weirdly lack, like, white cultural references. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, actually I didn't really like participate in culture when I was a kid, so like I missed out on a lot of stuff. Like I pretty much 
up until I was maybe like 16, didn't listen to any music, didn't watch any movies or TV really, except for, you know, I think I watched Dragon Ball Z pretty regularly and some other like shows like that. But yeah, I didn't really participate in a lot of the culture of our generation. It sounds like this is prior to our generation, but I, I missed a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah. Because I was pretty much just building Legos and uh, running around the backyard, building tree houses and stuff, uh, which I'm glad I did, but I did miss out on a lot of culture. So we're talking about the survey this week, right? I think we're talking about the survey. So, I mean, thank you to everybody who filled out the survey. I mean, I, I I kind of had the idea to do it because I feel like a podcast is a weird medium because we don't really get direct feedback on anything. Like if you, you know, design something or make a website or write a blog post or something and tweet about it, people will respond to you immediately and say, I just read that blog post you tweeted a second ago and it is good or it is bad. And I think the nature of this show, because it's, you know, an hour long, first of all, uh, and also because I think a lot of people listen to podcasts kind of ritualistically as opposed to like as soon as they're available. Um, it, we don't get a lot of feedback. Like It feels sometimes like we're sort of shooting this thing out into into outer space. If you feel the same way, guys, like you didn't you felt like you didn't really know what the impact. Oh, of this yeah. Thing all was? the time. All yep. the time. I don't really know if anyone if the numbers mean anything, if that anyone's actually listening, if they're hitting play for a second and then giving up on it or like completely forgetting the entire experience, which is something I do with some shows where I just put it on for two hours and i realized i didn't pay attention to any part of it i just like the noise going on so i didn't know what part of the spectrum we fell on yeah so i mean i i'm, I'm blown away we had right now it's like 160 some responses we have right now correct yeah something right. yeah i just checked it right before the show yeah yeah which is quite I mean, a few great thank you to everybody who's listening that did take the time to fill out that survey it's really helpful for us and gives us kind of a a little bit of a sense of actually who's out there listening did you guys what were your like big takeaways i mean we really did just do this because we wanted to know you know sort of what the impact of this show was and who was listening and why they were listening because we really truly had no idea matt dan did either of you have any sort of big takeaways right off the bat oh yeah well one i i totally fixated on with the one question that we had of uh the dislike of the things that you can improve upon like i really just kind of stuck with that i think it's just because i look for the things to improve Actually, it was and funny because w- w- what you talking more is that what you're getting at? Well, that was one that was very clear. Like dislikes Dan and video games. I go okay, I'm out. Well, I think everybody there said was a, a little, little something like that. Like, hey, don't talk about sports so much. That was clearly aimed at me, not at you, at you or Andy. Yeah. Um, I think there are little things that probably well, it, a lot of things are like tangential things that we might get off track on for a significant period of time mm-hmm. um, that have nothing to do with design, and I think. That's probably still going to happen a bit, but I think we can be aware of it and not spend too much time on it. Sure. Yeah, it's and completely it, uninteresting. Most of the things that someone had some negative feedback about, there was somebody else that was their foil that was like, oh, I really like how it's a casual conversation and how you talk about non-design stuff. So I, I feel like we're hitting kind of a good balance there because there's people on both sort of sides of a spectrum. Um, I, thought, I think it was funny that there was at least one person who specifically called out each of us in uh, in their in their dislikes. Um, yeah. Someone said pentagram was a washed up old dinosaur of an institution and like someone said no more dan in video games and someone said that i was just a douchebag so <laughs> uh, i we guess that's what it. happens and i'm sure we all focused on that i still exactly yeah hey, no, that, that haunted me for a while so <laughs> I, I have to talk about what i do every day a little bit i can't avoid that i'm sorry that you don't like the place that i work but i like it there just fine and i think and uh, i've got to talk about my experience i don't know what we're going to talk about if we don't talk about our own lives a little bit in design and, and I think part of the reason why I wanted to, I mean, we haven't talked about the results of a survey between the three of us at all yet. We're doing it on air. And I think part of the reason I want to do that is because I think it's an interesting sort of conversation about design. You know, here we are getting feedback on this show, which is 
something we have very much designed. We've made all the choices to make the show what it is now and spent more time thinking about it than maybe it seems like to people. Um, so I think it's interesting to sort of take this feedback and decide what we think is worth changing and what we think is not worth changing and sort of how we're going to internalize all this sort of stuff and think about improving the show. So I think it's the conversation we should have. Um, I, I, I'll say that I was I'm like kind of super, super duper depressed by one aspect of the whole survey, and that's just how male the whole audience is. Uh, at least the people that answered the survey questions, it's still like 90 plus percent male. And the first like 35 responses were all male. And I was worried we were going to get a single, a single woman. Um, and you know, I guess uh, it's, it's kind of, it's sad to me because I wish that, uh, you know, it makes sense. Obviously we're three dudes talking about design, not that design is inherently male, but three dudes perspectives on it. It's not going to appeal to so many females, I guess, but I like to think that the show is universal, but it's obviously not so much. Um, and that was kind of humbling, I think. I wonder if if we were to get more female guests in the show, if that would change things at all? Like, would that change things dramatically? Or is it somewhat self-selecting? Like, is there what percentage of podcast listeners are male versus female? I don't know why that should make a difference. Or, like, I don't know why that would be any different than 50-50, but is it? I don't know. I, I think that uh, I always have felt there's kind of a weird divide in a lot of the sort of middle and less popular tier podcast world like the big stuff like this american life and radio lab and you know the moth i feel like those have a very sort of you know general appeal but beyond that you know you look at things like uh like the five by five network almost all those shows are all men that are recording them and when i see the audience interacting with them it's almost all men and uh i think uh you know jesse thorne at maximum fun tries very hard to sort of diversify the the sort of host of his programs but for a long time you know the the foundational programs of that network are, are mostly men if not entirely men um so and then at the same time there's like very much you know female designed podcasts that are specifically for women or at least uh you know consist of all women hosts um, but there are very few shows i can think of that are hosted by a man and a woman i guess i mean i can think of you know throwing shade as a man and woman and uh, oh no ross and carrie and these are all maximum fun shows but uh i do feel like it's kind of a weird divide there and i don't know i don't know like like so here's here's a question about design like is it a problem to you guys that most of our listeners are male does that <clears throat> seem wrong to you or something like something we should try and fix uh, I don't think it's a problem because I think it's just kind of naturally what happened when we designed the show. But I do think I would like to see if we address, if we brought on some more female guests, and if maybe we brought up some topics that we've talked about before, like sex- sexism in design, or like when we talked about um, the uh, Sag Meister and Walsh identity and the kind of power struggle and the you know the degrading things that were said about that. Like I thought that that is interesting, and that's maybe something we could touch on a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but I don't see it as a drastic problem. I think we just we happen to be three guys and what you know, whatever our our conversations tend to attract people like us. I'm not shocked by that. Yeah. But I'd like to try. I think that it's one of those things that like I would love to have more female guests on the show just to be able to have that that level of diversity. But it's like one of those things that like uh we can't really force the audience to be uh, more skewed one way or the other or or balanced like i'm sure that there's stuff that we could do on our end but it's not going to ultimately affect who listens to the show too so i guess whoever listens to the show thanks but it's not like we could say like oh could more ladies please listen to the show <laughs> you yeah. know no i mean we have, we have no way to do that obviously but we can't really reach that audience that you know tried it for 10 minutes decided they didn't like it and left um i, I for my part i i do think it's I think it's more something that should be addressed because I 
I do like I understand what you're saying and yes naturally I think the audience is going to tend to skew to people that are like-minded and you know can empathize with us more which are probably more males just by the way that the world works but I I want to make a show that is more universally interesting and I think that it's more indicative probably of our narrow scope of topics and narrow scope of of ideas and approaches that that these there's not very many women listening probably um and, and I think one of the some of my one of my most proud moments about this whole show was uh, how many women reached out to us after the sexism in design uh, episode specifically and said that they were very thrilled with how we talked about the issue and felt that we approached it in a healthy way. And just getting that feedback felt really, really great. It's one of my proudest moments from the whole show. So uh, I I kind of like had this hope that it would be closer to 50, 50 or at least 40, 60, but not, not like five ninety five, which is what it actually is. (laughs) And it does kind of, it does kind of sting a little bit. Yeah. Well, in, in in the same vein, I mean, there was kind of a few comments too about just guests in general. How do you guys feel about yeah, that? That was pretty split down the middle. It seemed like yeah, everybody either liked or disliked the guests. And if they liked the guests, they probably liked Mitch. He has his own podcast now, so I think that he uh, kind of knew that he was going to be good at it at least. Yeah, I think the strategy is just keep doing what we're doing and get getting people who are relevant to a conversation. I would never want to just go get a guest for the sake of having guests and turn it into an interview by accident. Cause it wasn't relevant. Like that's not the kind of show I want to do. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably, I think if we just have to average what the, the feedback we got, let's just do the same amount of guests. We do one every like two months maybe. And I think that's just fine. There's already podcasts out there too. Like, I mean, Debbie, Debbie Millian, that's pretty much what she does. And she does a great job of that, and yeah. I don't think we need to be doing it too. And I, I have a little bit of a hard time just like sitting on the other side of it and nodding, and be like, "Oh, okay." Like I, I listen to interviews all the time, and I think it's a great way to kind of learn about stuff. But also, you have to be a great interviewer to get it out of people. And I just don't know if this is the format to do it. Like three guys over Skype, I feel like we're not going to get that kind of Mark Maron thing where you dig deep into someone's soul and you get something new, and interesting out of them. We're probably going to end up asking the same questions over and over again unless we're talking about you know, some topic that they actually have something very interesting to say. And it's not us digging for it. It's about being passionate about it. Yep. Yep. Cool. I, I agree on guests. And I, I also think that I would like to try and be as open-minded as we can just about our perspectives on the world and try and, you know, I, I wonder if short of having more female guests and just kind of, you know, trying to help that way, if we were just to try to approach things with less bias, if that would be helpful. Like, I feel like there are, there are lots of men that make content and have opinions that are not, just appealing to men, obviously, and I, I want to be one of those men. So uh, I, I don't know. I'm trying to be more conscious of just stuff we say on the show, too. Part of it is like, you know, recording the show and putting it out there. Like I said, we don't get much feedback directly from it uh, ever. So sometimes it feels like there's not anyone listening. It's kind of like a you can it's a free for all out here, which uh, maybe we should just, maybe me specifically should just be more careful, I guess. I don't know. So how about some of the other things that people brought up, like actually here's one cursing what do you think about that? Man, there's so that. much <laughs> there's so much cursing on the show is that that turns some people off or yeah a couple people mentioned matter? that and, yeah. and the, the, what, the one mentioned that really that really got to me was the the one person said they wanted to let their 11 year old daughter listen because they thought it'd be really helpful for them but that was the only one that bothered me i know it really got I, to every me. other one i'm like oh. okay so it's a little salty whatever but then are we preventing people from listening because andy can't stop saying fuck so much I'm do I really, do I, I really I swear that much? No, I, I curse I swear a lot that too. much. No, no, no like it's I, when, when any of us get passionate, I think we drop a uh, considerable amount of fuck or F-bombs or whatever. 
I don't like I, my, yeah, my general <laughs> my general approach to swearing is like I I like communicating and I like having every sort of arrow in my quiver for communication and sometimes I think it's powerful to use a word like that that has a visceral reaction from people and I try not to sprinkle them in willy-nilly but use them when it actually will you know help it drive a point home or something uh, which is why I guess I didn't I never it never occurred to me to try and make the show clean um, but yeah you know, I, I actually never really, I tend to think of language the same way it's just this is if if we're going to use this for emphasis and we don't use it endlessly then I think it, it's used to make a point and it means we are passionate about a thing or that we're driving a point home like I think that's a very useful tool yeah at the same time it's like I don't think it's making the show better like if, if the options are you know if there was 50 parents out there that were going to let their kids listen that wouldn't because you know every you know, four or five times a show, we have a salty word that isn't increasing anybody's understanding of the content, really. Uh, I don't know. It, to me, it's a style thing, I guess. And it never occurred to me that we would lose listeners because of that, I guess. But it's become clear from the survey results. And the other thing is, like, the survey is very much like the... That's the people that really like the show. These are the people that listen every week that, you know, cared enough to go to the survey and, and answer it. So if some of them are saying it's a problem, who knows how many people turned the show on and listened and heard uh, some salty language and left and never came back or saw the explicit tag in iTunes and just never even tried it out because they didn't want that in their lives. Uh, that's the one thing yeah. I, I am finding myself really wanting after the surveys. I wish we had a way to reach the people that like listened to one episode or listened to a tenth of an episode and then left and never came back. I really want I want that harsh criticism. So are we going to keep swearing then or what? I, I think, honestly, I don't, I don't think we're going to drop it so much that we're going to lose the explicit tag because... I think that just means you curse at all, right? Yeah, I don't even know what, what the definition is. So are we gonna are we gonna be so strict that we can't do it ever? I don't think so. I think that it kind of changes the conversational nature of the show, which I think is what it is. And I don't I think our personalities just are what they are. I think we're good that's that's just the way we speak sometimes. So Yeah. I think it just kinda stays that way. Yeah, um, I, I think if we get to the point where we're actually watching a lot of what we're saying that and it would end up diluting what we're trying to communicate. Because I'm like I'm not trying to totally advocate for us saying fuck all the time, but I think it's just to a point that like that's how we naturally naturally talk at home and in the workplace or whatever. And if we try to censor ourselves, we're we're going to spend more mental energy trying to make sure that we're censored rather than trying to complete the thoughts that we have. We could always take it on post too. We wouldn't have to actually oh, change the way we yeah. record the show. We could just add bleeps and bloops and little record scratches. I don't know. I I I feel the same way. I. uh that's part of how I talk. It's it's me, I guess. Some people don't like it, but that's the risk you take, I guess. So uh, other feedback. There was there was cursing. There was the guest thing. Um, I th there was interesting sort of uh, I think feedback on our general uh, negativity, maybe. Um, <laughs> that actually is one I think we can change. Not that yeah. I think we need to change the negativity. Well, let's let's go into it. I, I think it's just that it's probably seems like everything we talk about we hate. Right. I think that's probably the point. Some people some people said that specifically. Yes. Like, why do you guys always hate everything? But these are people that are listening almost every week. So, I mean, I guess they keep coming back for more. Um, yeah. I, I guess we should address why it seems like we hate everything. That's just because one of the reasons we started the show, I think, is that uh, I think sometimes this industry seems to lack a coherent, critical voice. You either have people that are just cheering and, you know, plus oneing and upvoting and talking about how great everything is all the time, which is great. That has its place. Um, or you have, you know, people like Fast Company doing the world's worst critical analysis of every single thing coming out. So I felt like part of it is like I, I wanted a more critical voice in the industry. And I, I think we try to be that. But that doesn't mean that we're like, you know, 
grumpy old dudes that hate everything. There's lots of like we got we all love tons of stuff about design, and I think that we've done a bad job of communicating that. I think that's fair. I, I also think that I don't know. I, I think we don't ever just say we hate it and then we stop talking. I think we try to do a pretty good job of explaining why we may I, I don't think we ever even say we hate anything. I think we do I a not. pretty I hope we spend enough time explaining why we may not agree with a point that's made. And I think we talk about ideas. We we I what I don't think we ever bring up and say like, hey, that PayPal logo sucks because it's ugly. Like I don't think it's not stuff like that. It's like here's this thesis and we're gonna talk about the ideas behind it and either rip them apart or, you know, bolster them a little bit, probably more rip it apart, but in a critical way. But, but I think that's the point though, is that uh, like going back to the thesis episode, you know, around social design, I think we all had, I think we all started out with just like a clear basis that we all agreed that that it was a really good idea, but then we kind of really dug deep into the things that we thought were either flaws or holes or, or incompleteness. I think that we just didn't acknowledge the, the fact for too long or for, um, in too robust of a manner that we did agree that there was substantially a really good thing that was happening and letting that balance out the fact that there was other things that we felt like were incomplete or just needed improvement. The, the, the thing I always go back to is there's a, a Nietzsche quote phrase, whatever you want to say, philosophize with a hammer. And what that means is chip away at something until you have nothing but what remains like nothing but the truth. And I think that's the way we approach everything is we're going to chip away at it until we have something that holds up to pressure. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't really tell on Twitter how that guy felt about our show about his thesis. I mean, he retweeted it and shared it with all of his followers, which I guess means he didn't hate it. Um, yeah, but he, he didn't, you know, he kind of said, like, you love hated my thesis. We're like, yeah, that's kind of what it was. Um, but I, I think that the tone of that show is kind of what I want to strive for in that I think we did touch a little bit on that we talked about it because we thought it was important and we said that a couple times and then at the same time because it's important i think it deserves a critical perspective and it's so hard not to take criticism personally or perceive it as negativity but it's really not at least for me like for me it's about love of this stuff that we do like i love this stuff so much that i want to talk about it and i want to get better at it and part of me getting better at it is talking about other work and trying to understand what's good and bad about it and how it could possibly be better and Nothing's perfect. Obviously, anything I've done, you could t- make a whole podcast tearing to pieces, much more so than that guy's thesis. Um, mm-hmm. It's just a matter of, like, that's how we make progress. And that's why I do this show for for large part, because talking through things helps me, like, process. Like going back to even just the thesis, like, we started out with that. It was something that we were really focused on, and then it just expanded into just a much broader talk about that that space. Like, social design was kind of the top for that episode. yeah. We even had a couple of touch points in the survey that sometimes we don't kind of bring it back down to ground level uh, after that we kind of explore that space to kind of like button up things nicely. Uh, But I think that's kind of just how the show runs is that we find something that just kind of sparks a larger conversation. And sometimes we just don't come back to it just because it ends up being so large of a space that it's, it's really hard to wrap up into even just a single episode. Hopefully one of the points we make over and over again is that like it's pretty hard to be dogmatic about some of this stuff because those don't hold up to scrutiny. So sometimes the answer just is, I don't know. Sometimes the answer is that this is unfinished. Um, and I think we have to remind ourselves that that's okay. It's really, it always feels great when we can find a way to put a bow on a show. Mm-hmm. But if we end on, I don't know, I don't really have an answer to that question. That's the most honest thing I hope we can say. I don't want to just have bullshit quotes at the end of everything <laughs> to pretend like we solved a problem that we didn't. Well, yeah. And it's funny to kind of look back too, because if you look at some of the earlier episodes, we had a lot of bows 
Like we had a lot of episodes <laughs> that like tied up really nicely and we all felt good at the end, even though we explored a bunch of stuff. And as time has gone on, we've just been more increasingly frustrated and probably sounding negative or whatever. I'm sure the, also a lot of things that we talked about in early shows are things that like we talked a lot about app.net on early shows and how much we liked the idea of it. Um, and I'm not sure that's doing so well. So like, I think, yeah, you know, time won't necessarily be kind to just uh, uh, calling it done. Yeah. Yeah. If, if there's anything I want this show to be, I want it to be like a crusade against dogma. Like the more we can convince people that there's so many different sides to all these things and to be open-minded and not just try and find one nice solution that fits into a box, I feel like that's a noble cause because there's dogmatism is so magnetic. Like anybody that presents their argument as if it is complete and an answer, like a viable solution to whatever thing you're talking about, people are drawn to that. But it's so shitty. I think it's so bad to to box yourself in that way about all these ideas we talk about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think admittedly that sometimes the shows can be a little sloppy and maybe unstructured. Uh, but I I kind of agree with you, Dan, in that I would rather have it be that than have us kind of fake some sort of understanding or like perfect you know solution because uh, yeah. yeah these things are messy and that's that's part of the part of the idea i guess looking at some of the the critiques as well within the survey I mean, there's some folks that really wanted um either more focus on ios and android design or like ui design on the web like really specific things and i think that like, there's a lot of really good shows for that already and yeah, I think that, it's not, I don't think that's, you know, yeah. I think if that's what you think the show is, you might be mistaken by only listening to a couple of episodes. Well, sure. I don't know. But I could, I could also see from the other side that, like, we all have three very different perspectives on, on a lot of that stuff. Like, uh, trying to get more insight into agency life or running a business with a design-driven uh, owner or, like, somebody who's in a startup wants to learn more. Like, I, I could see where somebody could look at us and see people have very valuable insights but i don't think that we're going to spend that much time on kind of like the the nuts and bolts of our everyday lives uh when we're so focused on some of the bigger picture things that is kind of driving us along too not only the show but kind of us as individuals well i would like to think the bigger picture things are what are what's driving our everyday lives it can get tedious to just do the nuts and bolts stuff all day every day and i think to talk about where we're headed and what we're trying to accomplish is the motivation to keep going and it probably seems like there's more time for reflection than there is in our lives because, you know, the only window you have into what we're doing is this. But this is my time for reflection. This is why I like talking to you guys about this stuff. Yeah, I, I do. I had that idea I tweeted you guys about. I think we sh- we could easily end the show with kind of like a, you know, outshot thing in the style of, uh, of Jesse Thorne from Bullseye, where we sort of at the end of every show talk briefly for two or three minutes about something one of us really loves uh, that's designed or maybe not a traditional design piece. But point people in the way of good stuff too, which I think is maybe a good way to give us a structured ending. I know I've struggled in the past with the fact that our conversation tends to just like kind of peter out and then it's like, well, the show's over because this this uh, ship ran aground. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would very much like to try that. I think if we can do it without being too cheesy and I would... Yeah, cheesy, cheesy is important. Did you see the subreddit, the post in the subreddit like asking us the things that we read that influenced us the most? Yeah, I did see that. Like, like something like, like answering oh, that question God, at the end yeah. of the show... Well, also, the thing I, th- I hope is going to be interesting is that, like, the way I, w- you know, like, answering that question, like, I think it's probably, the answer is probably not going to be quite where you're hoping for, and that it's it's probably not going to be the graphic design books that are sitting on my shelf, but maybe more, like, things I heard in a philosophy class or something that, that are, are more, like, steering the, the big ship. Um, but I think if that's what the outshot is, is maybe, like, 
pointing to things that you probably weren't you know maybe things that aren't on the top of designer news today um just like a nice website we saw but maybe more um a good you know use of a medium or like something that's a little bit further away that you wouldn't have thought about i i would appreciate doing something like that just that is like an inspiration that's going to get your head out of, out of whatever you're doing a little bit more yeah and i do think we should avoid the kind of cheesiness i I, I like Jesse Thorne's Ouchai. I think it's a great thing, but it's a weekly show he's been doing for a long time, and I think he's kind of started to run out of things he loves as wholeheartedly as the original things that were part of the Outshot, and now sometimes it seems like he's kind of pulling for that sincerity and for that sort of, yeah. like, you know, this is a real, truly great thing. Um, yeah. I, 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 I don't know about you guys. I keep a list, like, a it's a file in my Dropbox of things, like, projects I have seen and work I have seen that I love and think is, you know, tre- tremendous. Um, I, I could reference that for for a long time we could do like a whole year of me doing a third of the outshots and i would have a, whole, a long enough list already um, all right well let's just say today we're gonna start we're all gonna start making that list you you keep making that list and i'll i'll start well i have things in my mind i don't have a, an official list of stuff but i can start doing that yep yeah i i think i keep it somewhat in some ways to remind myself that i do love some of this work i mean i think some people respond to our negativity i i responded to my own negativity when i was in school and my sort of uh you know critical eye and I, I keep this list to reaffirm myself that yes there is great work that i love and there's stuff that i strive to be as good as every day um so yeah i, mean, I think we can start experimenting the show that way i think it could be easy if, as long as we don't like you said like try and stretch it to make everything sound like it's the most important thing um just some good stuff will probably be a nice positive way to end and a structured ending more importantly so people can know yeah. when the show's over instead of being surprised when you come in at the end so okay, so a couple more things. Uh, one one that's very quick that I I'm gonna I'm kind of already responding to is a lot of people talked about the music in the show, and so I feel like one is is a lot of people talked about either liking the music or not liking the music. Probably more people talked about not liking the music as like a bumper in between stuff. And so what I'm gonna start to do is probably play with um, music that's a little bit less aggressive in between the conversation. Like maybe keep the same intro and outro because I don't think that's really you know a bother when it's like getting into or leaving the show but maybe in between conversations trim it down a little bit and make it a little less loud and also i i'm i'm gonna try to maybe cut in between the conversations less but just know like the reason the music comes in is probably because there was a big long pause and it's much better to hear a little bit of music than it is to hear like a minute of dead air when somebody says one second i'm looking this up really quick so i can yeah, reference or, this. or my skype is skipping and i can't hear you guys you sound like robots and yeah yeah there's a lot of messy stuff that gets edited out thank you matt well, but i mean I, I think it's actually kind of beneficial anyways because i mean there's uh some podcasts i listen to that end up being like a span of like three hours and i end up having to just chop it off manually myself to say like okay i'm gonna listen for half an hour just like pause or listen to 15 minutes and pause because listening for that long about any subject just like it it just becomes noise after a while it just comes like it becomes the background noise and then you don't really end up listening to it so i kind of like it because it's also an indicator that a lot of times that we're we're switching up subjects which is kind of nice so it's kind of like an i i used to do that and then we started making like episode long shows about a thing so that just became well yeah you know to fill in the gaps but yeah that'll still that'll still be the cue that the topic is changing um, also, I think that the, the length of the show is not going to change. One, because yeah, yeah. I think it works pretty well. Two, I don't know that we whole, have a whole lot more time. Like, we tend to record pretty late at night. It's the only f- time we can find time. Um, so, you know, an hour for us ends up being 45 minutes of a show, which works pretty well. And most people said it works perfectly for their commute. So 
you know, if anything, if there's any more show, I'll just add it after the credits. When there's when there's funny dumb stuff, I'll put it at the end of the show. And if you don't like the funny dumb stuff, as soon as I say thanks for listening, just turn it off. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you'll just know I'll I'll, that's, I'll make that commitment. Like anything after I say thanks for listening is non-design stuff. It might just be funny stuff that I think is funny, yeah. or I just get a little kick out of. But uh, you don't have to listen. It's, it's basically not, like our, <laughs> change our, your life. Basically, our moment of zen. Yeah, and the, then we, oh, go ahead, Andy. No, I was gonna say I, I thought it was interesting that nobody complained about the length of the show. Really, some people said they wanted it to be longer or less produced and less cut up, which I think is just personal taste. Some people like a more rough show, um, but yeah, it seems like the length is good and the music is interesting because you know I feel like uh, you know we specifically saw something we had the rights to to use. I think most podcasts don't; they probably just use whatever song they like, and then you know maybe. 40 episodes in they get popular and whatever record label or band sends them a cease and desist um yeah but we actually you know just went and found music we could actually legally use and so it was kind of slim pickings i think in terms of what was actually available in terms of good music and at this point i feel like it's it's so much of like our brand that i wouldn't want to get rid of it in the beginning end of the show even if like 20 people said they all hated it and thought it was terrible <laughs> yeah right um, well, then, i agree with and, that and after i did the what was it the the halloween theme one i think i did another theme one at some point like after that it just basically becomes part of the show that, i like, think it is part of the show yeah. i think it's like love it or hate it that's the beginning on, like yeah the thing i've been doing is just trying to here's the drag is trying to find music that you are legally allowed to use is really hard to do i mean there are a lot of resources but finding the thing that you that feels just right uh is very difficult there's a lot of Near really impossible. bad stuff that is yeah. free well it, um it, so i've kept a folder of like 20 songs that like are a little bit more mellow that can be in between stuff that are kind of unnoticeable which basically is basically nice. inoffensive it's, it's yeah and then we're gonna put music. stuff at the beginning of an end that's i think that's the new strategy well and like i'll be honest uh, even for a while i was thinking in my head like couldn't like we have three guys on the show that all have some sort of musical experience like at some point i thought oh why don't we just make our own shit but uh that ends up just like that's so subjective and it's like three different people that could create stuff so it just becomes super opinionated and that's why i never like messed around with anything but i always thought that like if push came to shove yeah we could just make our own stuff and then at least it could be created to what (laughs) we thought would would be good but well dan if you really if you want to make some music feel free send it over i'll I'll use it as an interlude foghat ripoffs it is well never mind then (laughs) I'd like to think that, Dan, as designers, we, we have better taste than we do skill in some of these things. We recognize that even though, yes, we can make music, we probably shouldn't. We should probably <laughs> let other people do it. Well um, played. Yeah. What else? What else is there, Matt? I, I don't have the survey in front of me because I don't have internet. So what else is there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the last big one I thought was, was a nice point is that we don't spend a lot of time um, encouraging the audience to interact with us. Um, like, we don't have a set... Well. This is this is a twofold problem. Like we don't have a se- segment about listener mail, but also we don't get enough listener mail to have a segment about it. Send us your mail. So I think I would be very open to encouraging people to send us comments or like the other thing. We have so many different forms that people could send to. Like which do we pick from? But I would be very open to people sending us feedback of some sort and us reading it on the show and responding to it or yeah. like answering questions. Like I know sometimes we'll spend an entire show answering a question if it's a good question. But I wouldn't mind having a regular segment if our listeners can support that um, by sending us enough feedback or something, maybe at the beginning or end of the show. But I would like to kind of figure out ways to, you know, increase the interaction a little bit, specifically so that if things, if you like something or dislike something, we get to know about it a little bit faster than um, after two years of doing the show, we do a survey. Yeah. Well, yeah, and uh, I, I, it, I would love to do a listener mail. I think that, like, solves a lot of my 
not understanding how it's this sort of landing problem too. Like I would, like, I wouldn't, I don't even know what questions people would ask if they were to send us questions, but if there are questions we can possibly, and I want to be humble here because we are just a bunch of idiots that have microphones basically. Um, but if, is there anything that we, you think that our modest experience could possibly lend some, some light to, I would love to have a section on the show about that. So that'd be great. Uh, just yeah. I feel in- like that actually, one of the things that came up a couple of times is there, there are questions in the survey that I feel like we're not necessarily qualified to answer. So I want to be, I do want to be clear about that. Like we're all in our twenties, like nobody is uh, 15 or 20 years of experience and like really would be able to answer a question about, I don't know, <laughs> the lifetime of a designer or something. There's some, sometimes I mean, you get we'll, really we'll big answer questions. the question. Like we'll, we'll give you something. <laughs> I, I'm yeah. not promising any, uh, any useful <laughs> knowledge out of it. I don't know. I would like to think that like we're, we're a little bit on the same path that our listeners are like i don't think we're speaking down from high above i think we're just saying the same things that you're probably thinking about and hopefully we're talking about them in a way that resonates but i don't think we're handing down life advice too much if you look at the survey and if you look at the age group seriously it's like 19 20 21 23 30 25 27 28 34 like it's basically the same age group as you're well all here. in that yeah <laughs> that that hyphen that separates our ages you all fall somewhere Although, between there almost I mean, Huge shout out to the, gosh, where is it? The 57-year-old male who is actually a high school math teacher listening to a design podcast. That is awesome. awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah. It makes me feel like we're a little less dumb. Yeah. Just a little <laughs> bit. Slightly. Oh, and there's also an attorney, too. So, overall, I think... like the, He the, might be lying, though. Well, I mean, the fact that we can hypothetically uh, appeal to people who are not UI designers or just designers in general is actually pretty cool. I think that's really nice. I was really touched by some of the comments that were people that were mostly software developers that were saying, I'm not a designer, but I work with designers. I want to better understand them. And your show helps me do that. Uh, that, that is great. That's like, that's another noble cause for the show. If we can help somebody that wants to understand sort of how people that are into the design industry think, uh, understand that that would be amazing. So, um, the, the other thing I was really taken aback by, by the, uh, the survey was the locations. I am so blown away by how international our listenership is. Uh, yeah, I know. Like Champaign, I, Illinois, in fact. No, come on. There was tons <laughs> of people all over the world. I was shocked. I mean, it was also like, it seemed like anecdotally, like only half of the survey responses there about were people that were in the United States. It was a lot of Europe. It was a lot of uh, South South and Central America. Uh, it was, I was so much Australia. Yeah, yeah so a lot of Australia, Australia, which I think yeah. is probably, probably mostly Tristan's doing. Uh, thank you, Tristan. Um, but yeah, I, I was super impressed by that. And it, it, that's another sort of, you know, humbling thing to think that we can sit in front of these dumb microphones and make a show. And, you know, thanks to the internet, there's people that are regularly listening from, from Warsaw or from, uh, from Sydney, from, you know, Oslo, uh, tons of amazing places that people are listening to, which is great. Um, it is worth knowing that we don't seem to have much of a concentration in any one area. So there'll be no live show happening anytime soon. Cause <laughs> I think the closest we could get would be in Sydney, Australia. I mean, we could probably have like eight people there. Do that, or to to Matt's point from a few days ago, we could totally do a live show in Brooklyn because there was enough responses from Brooklyn that had pretty pretty harsh um, things that we could approve upon. That we they can throw tomatoes at us. Exactly, it's it's participatory. Honestly, though, like real talk, real talk, there weren't as many people in Brooklyn and the Bay Area as I expected. I thought it was going to be like New York, New York, San Francisco, Berkeley, uh, Queens, but it was all just you know, it was it was a few, obviously, but I don't think it was anywhere near as much the majority as I expected. I was, uh, overall, like, my biggest surprises were it was more male than I suspected and wanted, and it was more international than I could ever have dreamed, which is a very positive thing, obviously. 
was there anything else in that survey we should we should touch on? I feel like you know some of these things we're deciding that we're gonna sort of keep you know doing what we're doing, and if people don't like it, then tough. They can find another podcast or get over the swearing or whatever. Um, and some of these things I think we're just, you know we never thought that someone might be annoyed by the interstitial music or uh, some of this other stuff that we actually maybe could change. And I do think we've done a bad job overall. Just. Uh, sharing our love of design with the world and overall like i want this show to be about love of design and sometimes that manifests itself in criticism because you got to give tough love sometimes but uh other than those things like what else is there that we got from this survey that we could uh could act on some people have talked about oh why don't you guys have an on the grid twitter account or like what whatever sort of account uh and then kind of what you were talking about matt that we have multiple methods of communication so people could actually get in touch with us do you guys feel like there's any issue that where we give so many options of communicating that maybe that's why we don't get so much feedback. Maybe I do think, I do think that having a, a Twitter account for the show isn't going to be that helpful. Cause it'll be a thing that gets lost. Yeah. Um, I think hashtagging stuff. I, I search the hashtag all the time. Like I, I'll definitely check it once a day. No problem. Um, so if you put, if you tag something, the hashtag, I'm going to see it. And I check the email. I started checking the email far more frequently um so i think if it's a quick thing that you want to say and you want to say it publicly say it on twitter if it's a long question send it to our email and i think if we just stick to those two forms this subreddit is great for sharing links and stuff but like twitter hashtag on the grid or mail it on the grid.co mm-hmm. if it's long i think if we stick to those two things I, that, that's something i can keep up with yeah and and part of it i think maybe some people i think a lot of big groups or companies or individuals will have like oh here's my twitter account here's my email address and it gets filtered through some social media person never actually gets seen by a human but uh, we are a very small operation just to re- re- reiterate so anything <laughs> you email strong. us or tweet us like we will we will definitely 100 percent see it and uh I, I do want to encourage people to interact as much as possible because i think that's that's one of the most promising things about this show is i, I felt very sort of touched by the community of people that did take the time to answer the survey and sort of hear about all the diverse backgrounds and see that the show really was succeeding in some of the ways we had always hoped it would succeed. Um, and so I think it's a pretty cool thing. And if we can encourage more people to get involved and, you know, give us some feedback, that'd be sweet. I would really enjoy that. Yeah. And it's, I really, I really appreciate that. This is, it, it seems like it's, it's starting to build a small community of people that really, really care about this stuff and think about it on more than a surface level. Um, and that's always what I wanted it to be. I always wanted it to be, you know, there are plenty of design communities that are um, that are very good at sharing, like, interesting little images of stuff or, like, a, a cool new website design. And I think those have a place. And, you know, I'll, I'll check those out from time to time. But what I think the web is lacking is, like, a thoughtful little community of designers that think more deeply about it and, like, I don't know, it there are places that try to do that and they just have never been the place for me. And so if we can build that, I'd be thrilled. And it seems like it's starting to happen a little bit. And I love that. Yeah. We really do love you guys. All the nice stuff you had to say in that survey was fucking great, man. I read all those comments and was just super, super thrilled by them all. So uh, it's it's so good that people do appreciate the stuff we're doing. And I mean, it's going to, that's, that's what keeps us doing this thing. Like it is, it is only annoying for us to get on Skype and record this. Let me let me assure you, uh, every, every week. Uh, I know that Matt spends a lot of time editing it, and that's something that Dan and I kind of were unable to do consistently and well. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of work, and we obviously don't get either a single cent out of this, and we just do it because we we love you all, and we love talking. Oh man, yeah. we love and, talking. <laughs> I will say, going back to one of the very first points of this conversation, 
was uh, the fact that I don't talk much. And after like looking at all of the, the responses and like how, how much a community has grown around it, like I have total performance anxiety. I'm like, man, I just want to shut up so I don't fuck anything up. But uh, you and I are different, Dan. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. No, it's just well, like I wish I could I... shut up and not fuck things up whenever I shouldn't be talking. <laughs> but it's Man, just it's great. It's just so amazing that uh, to think that uh, I don't care how big the the group is that listens and and kind of participates and and joins in is. But the fact that there's a group in general that uh, thinks that the three of us are cool enough and say interesting things enough that. Um, people talk to each other or talk to us about that sort of stuff. It just blows my mind. So um, I uh, will find some sort of a way to talk more, but man, I don't want to fuck that up. Or well, sorry, I think Dan, if <laughs> I think if you, one thing I, I think might be a little bit misleading is I don't feel like we um, shut you down as much as maybe the survey might have you believe. So oh, if yeah. you feel the need to talk, go for it and go ahead and interrupt us and tell us to shut up for a second so you can make a point. But I feel like sometimes you, you sit back and I don't want to make you feel like you have to say something when you don't have anything to say either. Like, I think maybe that's the dynamic of the show and that's fine by me as well. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, like a huge thing that I've been kind of driving home, even like in the workplace for the past couple of years, is that like, I know very clearly, like I'm introverted and it's like, I've always been pretty quiet in life. And a lot of times when I'm quiet, it's not because like, I feel like I'm shut out or if I feel like you guys are just kind of carrying on your own conversation. A lot of times... Like, I even bring it up, I'm just kind of soaking stuff that is soaking things in that you guys are saying, and then really thinking about what you guys are saying so that when I do talk, it's, it's actually meaningful rather than the times I used to think that, like, I needed to talk. And I would just kind of, like, be like Charles Eames where I just, like, ramble on until I eventually get to a point. Like, that, you know, <laughs> that's not constructive. I mean, let's be, if you can be more like Charles Eames, that would not be bad for the show, I don't no, think. No, <laughs> I mean... That, if you could just be him, gosh. that would probably be, make us really popular. Yeah, no, I mean, that, and I mean, he, he was a charming guy, let's be honest. But anyways, yeah, uh, I think that's just, that was my final bit, is that I, I know some episodes I don't ten, end up talking a lot. It's just because it's not like, I, I'm not sitting in the corner crying. It's more like I'm just trying to think of... <laughs> If I'm going to say something, I want to say something that actually improves the conversation rather than just ends up being filler. And a subtle burn on both you and I, Matt, I think. <laughs> Dan's like, see, I like these assholes. If I'm going to say something, I want it to matter. <laughs> that's not what be, I meant. Instead of Gosh. just be filth pouring out of my mouth just because that's what I'm used to doing, just blabbing my lips. Um, if we're going to wrap it up, I think... We're going to try to make some improvements in the next in the upcoming shows. We'll probably try a couple of segments and see if they work. Um, you might notice that, you know, the music changes a little bit, but we're not going to change the theme song, really. And uh, we appreciate all the feedback. Thank you guys for listening. And we're going to we're going to think about this. We're going to come back to it and maybe we'll see some changes. Thank Thanks you for all. taking the thank, survey. Thank, 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 thank you. Thank you all so much. has been on the grid episode 64 you can email the show mail it on the we'll try to make this a regular thing of answering questions so if we get enough questions to make it a regular segment we'll do it send some questions you can also find us on twitter hashtag on the grid or at madam c at andy mangold and at dan hour if you want to submit a link for us to talk about visit on the if you enjoy the show please review us on itunes thank you to controls 
Jalen Warsowski and the Cosmic Analog Ensemble for the interlude music and Girlfriends for the theme music. Finally, thank you to you for listening. Until next week.